Today we're going to be in Hebrews 11, and we're going to start in verse 32, and we're going to read a few verses down through there. So starting in verse 30, and if you have read Hebrews 11, uh, it's really like a hall of fame of faith to where people, you know, obeyed God and all throughout the Bible and all throughout Scripture, and it's just recounting some of those stories. Uh, but starting in verse 32, the writer Hebrews says this. He says, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. Then verse 33 by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. Then going down to verse 39. It says, All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. And then verse 40, for God had something better in mind for us, so they would not reach perfection without us. And so what I'm going to talk about today is a lot of people talk about 2 Chronicles 7.14. And that's a very popular verse these days. And it says, my people uh, who are called by my name would humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. I would heal their land. And so a lot of people say, oh, we need to do that. And yes, we do need to do that. You know, Christian people need to turn away from their wicked ways and, and turn back to Christ. But Jesus also said something else. He also said, if we had faith of a mustard seed, I would say this mountain be gone and it be cast in the sea. So what could we see happen if we drew near to the Lord in faith that he expects us to have? We just heard about all these people um, and all the things they did throughout the Bible in those couple verses in Hebrews. And the awesome things that happened because of their faith in Christ and because they walked in faith. Instead of focusing on what we see, what would happen if we lived in faith and not in fear? Or if we worried about the current political climate or if we worried about the current social climate or the economic climate, if we lived in faith and did what God was taking us or telling us to do, if we took God at his word and believed his promises, we spend so much time in our lives trying to figure out what God wants us to do instead of just following in faith. Let me give you an example. Let's say you're going somewhere and you have a small child and you tell them, all right, hurry up and get ready. We got to go. And instead of getting ready, they stop and ask you a billion questions. Let me ask you this. Are you going to get where you're supposed to go on time? Are you going to be punctual? No. Because that child is asking a bunch of questions. You'll still get to the destination. You're going to get there later than when you're supposed to. And that's the same thing with God the Father. A lot of times, we he tells us to go, like he told Jonah to go. He told him to go to Nineveh, and he didn't. He went the other way, and he got swallowed up by a whale or by a great fish. And we stop and we ask a bunch of questions to God. And instead of us getting to our destination on time, we're getting there a little late. And so he wants us to go. His timing is perfect. So we need to stop questioning his timing. And so let me tell you a story from my own life. My wife comes home one day and she tells me, you know what, I can't, I, I'm, not, I'm leaving my job. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> that's great. Are you sure? And she said, yeah, I can't continue to stand with what they're standing for. And I said, okay, you know, if you feel like you need to leave, that's fine. And, um, you know, she just, she, she did. She just quit. And we were not in a financial position where we could live on one income by any means. And so she left her job and uh, she had basically two choices. She had one job over here. It was like a government job, good benefits, great pay. Um, it seemed like it was going to be a great thing. And then she had another job over here at another place. And uh, it was less pay, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, she was still considering because, you know, it would have been a good, a good fit. So she went to the Lord in prayer about it, 
And he told her to go to the job with less money, less pay, less benefits, etc. Six month, like within six months, that one job that had all these benefits and great pay and all this stuff, that contract was revoked and it was gone and everybody got laid off. And the Lord sent her over here to the place that I worked <laughs> at the Chalker Council. We were in the same building. Haha, ha, thank you, Jesus. Uh, no, it was great. I'm kidding. But she, she went over here to this place, to the Chalker Council, and he's used that. So now when she left there, she's gone on to minister and be a preschool director. And he's used her in great ways in this ministry to serve children. And so I don't know if that would have ever happened if she had not listened to what he said and did that. Or it may have happened a lot later, not been um, in, in his perfect timing. So you have to listen to what God's telling you. It may not make sense. It may not be rational. It may not be uh, what you think you, like you're sitting there reasoning out and think you should do it. But if God's telling you to do it and you're sure that he's telling you to do something, you need to step out in faith and do it. Here's the other part of this. Hebrews 12, 14. We're going to go on to the next chapter in Hebrews. It, the first part of it says, work at living at peace with others. And in our current culture, we want to debate and argue and fuss and try to prove things and, and all this other stuff. And we have to stop arguing and trying to pound people into heaven. <laughs> that we have, to, we have to stop trying to dump them over the head with a Bible, scream and shout at them, um, sharing memes and stuff on social media to where it's just degrading certain groups and all that kind of stuff. We have to live at peace with other people or try to live at peace as best we can. And here, go, here goes the second part of this verse. It says, work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. In other words, non-believers are going to see Jesus through their interactions with you. And so when they walk away from you, what are they seeing being represented as Jesus? And so how are you living your life? And so you may be the only counter they ever have with Jesus. They may never go to church. They may never open up their Bible. You may be the only time they get to see a representation of Jesus in their entire life. And I wonder, I wonder what they would walk around or walk away saying. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 tells us to imitate God in everything we do. And what was the commandment that Jesus gave to us? In John 13, 34, he says, A new commandment I give to you, to love others as he loved us. And so we've got to have genuine compassion and care for one another. When he's talking about love, it's not ooey-gooey romantic love. It's having genuine care and compassion for one another. And so Hebrews 6, 10 through 12 tells us that when you genuinely love others and care for others, you won't become spiritually dull. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. It says, there's faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is what? Love. And so love is the most important thing because what does 1 John tell us? It tells us that God is love. To, for us to show God is for us to show love. So if we love other people, we're going to show God to other people. Romans, Romans 2 says the kindness of God leads people to repentance. Not smacking them over the head with the Bible. <laughs> Not telling them they're going to burn in hell. It's showing them kindness and showing them love and showing them uh, just the character of God is going to lead them to the place where they'll accept Jesus themselves. And so when you read um, Hebrews 13, 8, it tells us simply that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's never going to change. So when our faith is in Christ, the goalposts don't move. If our faith is in the Republican Party or the Democrat Party, guess what? Those goalposts move. They, their beliefs change. Their attitudes change. Their, every, the candidates change. Those goalposts aren't moving. If our faith is in Christ... It's never going to change. He's the same. In the words that he, we read in this book, we know of, and we can be sure of what he's telling us, and we can be sure of his promises. And so we will be able to endure. And then finally here in uh, 
James 4, 8, he gives us a command. These, or James tells us to do this. He says, draw near to God, he will draw to you. Draw near to you. So what are you doing daily to connect to Jesus? You know, some of us can't get off our smartphones. We want to sit there and be on Facebook and refresh it and, tw and Twitter and Instagram and all this stuff, and we refresh and refresh and refresh. And we stay connected that way on our phones. So let me ask you this. Are you talking to Jesus? Do you pray? Are you spending time with him in prayer? And I'm not saying just like, you know, you're doing as you go to sleep when you're tired, you're worn out, you're falling asleep. Are you starting the day off with prayer? Are you using him as your source? Are you connected to him to start off with him in prayer? Are you studying the word? Are you in the word? Are you reading the the scriptures and actually trying to study his word? Are you worshiping? And that doesn't mean you have to like be in a crowd singing and everything, but you can also have an attitude of worship to where you're giving him praise and thanks every day. Let me, let me use this example. It'd be pretty weird if we all had spouses and we just never talked to them or spent time with them. And it's like, oh yeah, I've got a wife. I never talked to her. I don't know how she's doing. I haven't seen her in three weeks. That'd be a little weird, wouldn't it? Or it'd be kind of weird if we had a spouse and we didn't talk from, to them from Sunday to Sunday. And that's what a lot of Christians do. They're, they're talking to people. They're talking to the Lord. They come and worship him and hear the word preached on Sunday. And then the next, they don't do anything between Sunday and Sunday. And they have no other interaction. That'd be kind of strange, don't you think? And so it'd be also weird to have friends but never speak to them. And never spend time with them. Never talk to them. And so as Christians, we neglect our time with the Lord. Why do we do that? That's the most important thing that we have. The most important thing that we can offer God is not our talents, not our gifts, not our not our best our actions or anything else. The best thing we can offer him is our time. If we're just obedient to him and spend time with him, he wants a relationship with us. And so Jesus talks about this in John 15. He says that he's the vine and we're the branches. And he talks goes on to talk about it. If you're disconnected from the vine, that that branch is going to wither away and it's going to die. And so many Christians are doing that. They're not fueled by the Holy Spirit. They're not connected to Jesus, so they're not being strengthened. They're not being able to walk and stand strong for him. So if we connect with Jesus, we're going to be able to walk with him, and we're going to be able to stand with him. And that's my prayer for you, that you'd be able to connect with Jesus, that you would start building those spiritual habits, and that you would be able to stand with him.